Welcome to Free Your Inner Guru. I'm your host, Laura Tucker. This is a show where we dig deep into personal development, entrepreneurship, spirituality, and the self-help industry. Today, I have a special guest. Kelly Greer is a registered dietitian specializing in women's hormone health, weight loss, and the mind-body connection. Now, men, gentlemen, before you go anywhere, there's something that I want to say to you. This podcast interview is going to be a place where you can listen and learn about a stage in people's lives that end up affecting them and also affect people at home. Kelly is passionate about empowering women to live in harmony with their body. Welcome to Free Your Inner Guru, Kelly. Thank you, Laura. It's, it's delightful to be here today. So Kelly, let's start off with a little bit of your story. You weren't always a, a dietitian, were you? Uh, no, Laura. I was, I was in school for quite a long time. Uh, took a psychology degree and then went right into my science degree. So not always a dietitian, always interested in things spiritual and how food can affect the body. So what attracted you to um, working with women that, the way that you do? Well, Laura, I had a time in my life where things in my body started to go awry. I know now that it had to do with stress at the time in, in the workplace. And even though I went to my doctor, um, all my blood tests were normal, yet my body had, was kind of falling apart. I was in pain a lot of the time. Um, I stopped sleeping couldn't fall asleep, couldn't stay asleep when I did fall asleep, and uh, something hormonal was happening, and I really didn't know who to turn to at the time. So after a lot of research and um, kind of going to holistic practitioners, came to realize that hormones were definitely affecting pretty much every aspect of my life, yet I wasn't menopausal. I was, um, I was about 42, and I know that to be around perimenopause now. And um, it wasn't until I sought out holistic measures that I got myself sorted out. And I was really surprised at the lack of information available for women and myself at the time. So I decided um, after a couple of years of sorting myself out to dedicate my entire practice to women so they could get the information that they really needed in one place Tell me about what that was like for you, knowing that there was something was up and not having readily available information. Well, it was really frustrating at the time. I even kind of called doctors in the U.S. Um, that I knew that specialized in women's health. And, you know, I had some really great holistic practitioners, but what was really frustrating was when you're younger, you go to a doctor, they see that you need antibiotics, they give you a pill and you're cured. So there's this notion that things should be easy, things should be a quick fix when it came to the medical industry. And I'm not dissing the medical industry, they're fantastic, they've helped me a, a huge amount. But in the area of hormones and wellness and spirituality, there really wasn't anywhere. I kind of had to go to multiple different practitioners to find my way through this mess. I want to come back to that later in terms of the, the, the relationship between the, the mind, the body, the hormones, the emotional life. So just stay tuned there. But before we 
my, my uh, urge is always to dive deep into that area. But before we do, let's explore and explain a little bit about what menopause is, what it isn't, and just some of the, you know, so, some of the information that, you know, somebody listening to this today who may or may not have gone through menopause yet or may never go through menopause in the case of the gentleman listening, what, what mm-hmm. happens? Because I, there's a lot of misconceptions, I think, and a lot of beliefs about what menopause or what the experience of that time in a woman's life is about. Well, menopause really is just that kind of one moment after you've had a full year without a period. And then after that, it's basically post-menopause. And women start to go through changes in perimenopause from age 35 all the way up to age 52, and maybe even later. And I think the myth around all of this um, and stigma, I, I might add, is that a woman has to go through um, and kind of pull up their bootstraps and just kind of power through the changes that happen to them without any support. And definitely, it's, it's almost difficult to explain to men what I do because they have a lack of understanding of, of really, you know, why their partners all of a sudden don't want to have sex, for example, or that they're irritable, or that they can't sleep. And there is kind of this, I don't know, uh, maybe belief system that a woman can just power through it without any support. But menopause really is just that one one day where they've reached a whole year without a period. And by that time, there's so many changes that have happened. And women really need the help when they start going through um, hormone changes. And you know, mood changes, which are a direct result of the hormone changes from ages like 35 and up. Kelly, can you explain a little bit to us in terms of what happens physically in the body with with the hormones and, and what some of the manifestations of that are? Okay, so beyond, if, sorry, I'm going to jump in beyond the mood stuff, too, because there's a there's a lot more to it, isn't there? Yeah, there definitely is. Um, Our body shape changes. We kind of feel like we have a lack of control over that. You know, the Canada's, um, if we're bringing food into it, the Canada's food guide is definitely not meant for women going through perimenopause and menopause. It's, um, it has to do with blood sugar balance. It has to do with, um, there are so many things that happen um, and it's hard to differentiate what is like normal hormone uh, changes as we get older. For example, um, our progesterone, which is a calming chemical in our estrogen balancer, starts to um, decline a lot faster than estrogen does. And so your estrogen and progesterone are supposed to do a dance together. Um, but um, as your progesterone declines much faster, that dance is completely backwards. And women start to feel it in terms of mood and sleep and irritability. And they blame themselves. There's this, there's this kind of, I, see, I hear it all the time um, with this, this shame and blaming themselves that they're, they're, you know, they're lazy um, because they don't feel well or because they can't sleep or because they can't control what they eat. So 
there's a lot of things going on. Now, if you even take the normal progression of hormones and, and what happens to a woman apart from the puzzle, you've got our stress hormone. So this is what we see in, in early kind of early 40s that a woman's hormone balance really doesn't have so much to do with estrogen and progesterone. It has to do with cortisol, their stress hormone, which is affecting all the other hormones, including thyroid, including progesterone, including estrogen. And there's this kind of myth that menopause is just low estrogen, which is um, definitely a myth. This dance between all the hormones, but Specifically, when your cortisol, which is your stress hormone, is constantly being fired because you're in a corporate job that's stressful, you have kids, which is stressful, you work eight hours a day, you are the main caregiver of everyone in the household, and women are going you know, 90 miles an hour. And what happens is that when your stress hormone is elevated, our happy chemical declines and we crave sugar. And then we gain weight. Our progesterone doesn't get to the tissues. So we have an estrogen-progesterone mismatch again. So there's so many things that happen because that hormone, cortisol, is completely imbalanced. And it causes a myriad of symptomology for women. Can you tell us what some of the common symptoms are, Kelly? Sure. While I don't um, suggest that a woman diagnose herself, and I don't diagnose either, I'm not allowed to do that, I'm not a doctor, Um, but the common symptoms of cortisol that is imbalanced is um, that three o'clock dip that we get when, you know, we start to crave sugar, but this is a dip that feels like you just could lay down on your desk and put your head down and fall asleep. And even if you try to do that at three o'clock in the afternoon, you've got this wired and tired feeling. So even if you did have the chance to fall asleep at that time, you wouldn't be able to because the cortisol is kind of like having, it feels like you've had six coffees, basically. You know how coffee can give you energy, but it also makes you feel tired and um, edgy. When your cortisol's off, that's how that feels. It's this wired and tired feeling. Uh, You get a second win at 10 o'clock at night and then you can't fall asleep. Um, a very common symptom of imbalanced cortisol is waking up at three or four in the morning with that busy brain that won't stop. And it's kind of going through what you did yesterday and what you need to do tomorrow. And all you do is you want to sleep. You fall back asleep at 6.30 and your alarm goes off at 6.45. So this chronic fatigue can be a symptom. And waking up and feeling so tired, you have to have you know, a big cup of coffee in the morning to get started. And although a lot of symptoms are the same for different hormone imbalances, that's why I recommend people getting tested, that just chronic fatigue, a lot of women come to me and just say, I am just so tired. I don't know what to do. I am so tired. I can't sleep. Um, My doctor tells me my iron is normal. My blood levels are normal, but I just feel like I want to lay down and die. Or I've even heard women say, I just almost want to be in a hospital setting so somebody can just look after me for six weeks, which sounds crazy, but I've heard more than one woman say that. It sounds like it's a, a state of feeling burnt out. 
totally burnt out and unable to nurture yourself and, you know, crazy sugar cravings that that aren't controllable. Can I just address something that is related um, in a, in a similar way, as far as what you said about people not self-diagnosing? Yes. I agree with you so um, strongly there. We had a situation here in our household where someone is, uh, has got a thyroid imbalance Mm-hmm. And for the first time in a long time, um, a test came back um, that there had been a change. And these days, you can get your lab tests online. So the, and the idea is go and see your doctor when your tests change because th- this person who I love dearly was going to start taking more of the medication. And so, and I said to him, go and everyone's going to know who it is. Um, It's my husband. But I said to him, maybe because of my exposure to Kelly and Kelly's work, I was like, maybe instead of thinking that we know what's going on here, book in and go and see the doctor. And so he went and not knowing that, you know, instead of needing more of his synthetic thyroid um, medication, the dosage needed to be reduced. That's so interesting. And, um, and it could have been quite serious. Yes. As, because when, as we know, when, or I know from um, living with someone who's got some, a hormone that is tricky, that it can be so delicate and it takes time to get things into balance. So the implications of throwing things off in the wrong direction could have been very serious. I see it on the internet a lot. I'm on a lot of hormone pages where women are asking other women for suggestions and, um, you know, at worst the suggestion or at the least the suggestion isn't accurate. And at worst, it's actually potentially dangerous. You know, there are supplements that, um, are phytoestrogens, which are plant estrogens. And, um, you know, if you have a history of breast cancer, that's like, that's a no, no, but not only that, you don't know what you're dealing with. If you have hot flashes and you're still getting your period, you don't treat that with estrogen or estrogen like compounds. It's likely the thyroid. That's the problem. So that's the problem with hormone imbalance. You really can't have one, um, that's imbalanced without affecting all the others. And you really need how you need to know how to pinpoint that. And yeah, even I go to somebody, like I, even though I have a lot of knowledge, I don't pretend to be able to diagnose and treat um, on that level. And, they, and thank you for sharing that because I think, you know, it's one thing that you and I have had a lot of conversations and we both choose a holistic approach to managing our, our not just our, our bodies, but also our minds and our businesses and and it informs everything that we do with, with our respective clients. And, you know, and this is why getting together with people and listening and, and learning is so incredibly important. And sometimes the, the shift can be a little bit too far. And we have to remember that, you know, we have to address the problems uh, or the challenges on the level at which they occur. And sometimes that level is, is medical. So a com- combined approach. Absolutely. So Kelly, tell us a little bit about what you see when, when somebody's working with you. Um, I, I imagine, I mean, somebody comes to you, sounds like they're tired, burned out, probably have put on some weight. 
Um, and they, they want to make a change. And so they, they're investing their time, their energy, um, other resources like money. And, and now they come to you. How do you work with them? And, you know, what is the expectation um, as far as results go? Um, well, you know, results depends on the individual and where they're at in terms of um, their stages of change and their readiness for change. So I'll just kind of put that out there. So if I'm the first person they see, I go through a full medical history. I go through a full diet history. Um, if there's some, some big outliers or if they haven't seen their physician within a year, that's pretty much the first thing I tell them that they need to do. It's not that I can't work with them at that point because, you know, it, it, when I see somebody's diet, I pretty much know right away um, why they feel the way they do in terms of what they're eating. But that's only one part of the puzzle. You know, if, if they have, if they give me a number of symptoms, for example, if they tell me they're losing their hair and their eyebrow hair and they've got anxiety and they've got constipation and they feel cold all the time, I mean, those are pretty classic symptoms of hypothyroidism. Thyroid is really tricky. They, they've been told that their numbers are normal and yet they have all of these symptoms. So if that's the case, um, I do recommend them seeing um, a practitioner that, that will go delve deeper than just the basic thyroid tests. So that's kind of part of what I, I nurture them by telling them their options. But in terms of what I see in the diet, I pretty much know what we need to be working on. So they can start with me that way. So I look at everything. And then from there, I'll make recommendations. Like you need to see a specialist for this, or you need to go back to your GP and get your, your iron checked because hair loss can be iron. It can be thyroid. It can be autoimmune. It could be a number of different things. But centrally, when, when somebody comes to see me, I work with food and I'm allowed to recommend some supplements. If I see that they can't, um, they can't achieve what they need to with their diet, there will also be some supplements that, that can help them along. And um, I never see somebody just one time because A, it doesn't work. B, it's not motivating. Um, C, there's no follow-up. So that would be not best practices either. Um, but I see people over time and I meet them where they are. Um, oftentimes, so many women have been on diets. They want me to hand them a meal plan. They want to take away the meal plan and just do it perfectly. And, you know, I don't allow for that. I basically tell them this is what we're going to learn over the next 12 weeks, but we need to work on one to two goals a week. If their goal is to fill out a meal plan for seven days, but they actually don't make changes that get them results, then that's not a good goal for them. But if the goal is, for example, to make uh, one crockpot meal on their first week that will give them lunches and or dinners for the entire week, then that is a much better fit for them in terms of getting them the results that they need, which is initially to get their energy back online and to stop their sugars from going all over the place and helping them with the fatigue because when they come home, they don't have to make dinner. Like when you see somebody, they're tired, they're burnt out, and you tell them to follow, you know, a diet, they're too tired to do it. So you have to meet them where they are. They make one to two goals a week. And by week six, they might be able to follow 
four days of a meal plan because they put started to put the things into place, the actionable, doable goals into place to make that possible. But so many of the women that I see have been brainwashed into this diet mentality. So I work with people on a um, practical plane, which is teaching them about their hormones, teaching them about food. But I also work with them on a cognitive plane. Um, not that I practice psychology, but I use certain uh, cognitive behavioral techniques with them, which, which involves reframing. And then I also get them to check in with themselves in terms of self-care. And that might be more along the spiritual realm. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. I want to backtrack just one little bit before we go to that that bigger picture. For someone who's listening, and this might be a relatively new conversation to them, one minute we're talking about hormones, the next minute we're talking about food. What's the connection? Um, there's a huge connection. It's, it's one of the biggest connection. Um, I'll, I'll explain a couple of things. The first thing that I always focus on is blood sugar balance. If you're not eating enough of the right carbs, your body will respond by secreting that niggly stress hormone, cortisol. When cortisol's out of balance, everything's out of balance. That needs to be stressed. If they're eating too much sugar, the same thing happens. So they spike their sugar, insulin responds, the body also thinks that it's in some form of de-stress. So balancing the sugars is so important to balancing cortisol levels. It's also important to understand that protein, when placed properly throughout the day, can help with energy, focus, alertness. It helps with with dopamine, norepinephrine, which can be considered as brain chemicals or hormones in and of themselves, they're chemical messengers. And the other piece is the micronutrients like your B vitamins and magnesium and, and all kinds of plant chemicals that help the body make hormones. So it's so vast and it's so complex. Um, you have to also look at the organs. Like, are you eating in a way that supports the liver? Because your liver packages hormones. Your gut bacteria has to be balanced. If not, you'll crave sugar all the time and your hunger hormones will be completely out of whack. So it's, it's, it's a big puzzle piece, which isn't complicated to me because I've studied it for 18 years. But for the average person that comes and sees me and all of the messages on the internet, you have conflicting information all over the place. You have, you know, people that are strict vegans who think paleo is the worst diet in the world. And yet you have doctors like Dr. Terry Wallace, who's healed herself um, partially from MS by following more of a paleo plan. So there's just so much information. And back to your question, food has everything to do with hormones. It's actually the baseline. You can get hormone therapy, but if you are not changing your diet, then you are never going to see the results that you need. Thank you, Kelly, because that, that's so clear. And I think, you know, I know I can't hear that enough times for one. And you also, it, it leads us to talking about people's expectations. I imagine even just thinking of myself and my experience um, in, in life, but also having done your program 
um, not once, but twice, people, myself included, are frustrated by the time they get to you. Yes. And it's probably because of the hormones, but you know what? It can be a frustrating experience trying to, to fi- figure out on your own how to you know, manage all of this. What kind of results or what's the relationship to people's expectations around results and, and the path to actually being able to harmonize all of this? That's a really good question. Um, the first thing that came up for me was... When a woman expects too much, too fast, they won't be successful. In fact, that has been studied that a woman's expectations based on magazine covers, follow the Jennifer Aniston diet, lose 10 pounds in 10 days. Um, And all of those messages we've been getting from the media forever. So it's no wonder women have this distorted vision of how it's supposed to be. If I see a woman with expectations like that, a big part of what I do at that time is to help them reframe Um, because nothing's worse than expecting to lose four pounds a week or even two pounds a week right out of the gate when you don't even know how everything works. So unrealistic expectations usually results in uh, no results, but when a woman can calm their expectations down and realize this is a long game. This is a life game. This is not 12 weeks, which my program is. This is, this is feeling healthy and well and able-bodied into our 50s, 60s, and 70s beyond. If women can understand that this is a light, I hate lifestyle change because a lot of times, you know, your mind just says, yeah, that just means another diet. Um, so we need to find a different word for that, but it's definitely a self-care uh, regime, I, I think is a better way of looking at it. But when women are calming down to knowing they can set two goals a week and actually see results, then they start to realize that this isn't a, a quick fix, but the long goal works. A lot of the women that I've worked with um, have said things like, first of all, we do see weight loss. Weight loss is possible. Well, as a dietitian, I'm really not uh, supposed to advertise my own program by, by giving testimonials or my own testimonials, but this is what I know for sure. I know that weight loss is possible over 50. I've seen it. I know that it's sustainable. I have seen it. I've seen, I've seen that. I know that people, when they balance their sugar, they start sleeping through the night. I know that when people balance their sugar, their mood balances. When a woman learns to balance their hormones by balancing their sugars, weight loss is possible. I know that when a woman balances her hormones, she can sleep through the night. I know that when a woman balances her hormones by changing her diet, she will see mood changes. She will feel more energy. She will feel almost like she used to feel before all this imbalance happened. Results do happen when a woman starts to look care, look after her mind, her body, and her spirit. I know that for sure. 
Kelly, let's talk a little bit about the whole mind-body connection as well. Because we've got a conversation here about the almost the, the biochemistry of the hormones, the practicality of, you know, learning how to eat and and balancing some of those hormones. Now, what about the emotional component? The emotional component is wow, it's it's a really big component. Um it's a component that most um, weight loss programs, well, some of them are starting to include, but being a dietitian for over 19 years and really getting to know the inner workings of uh, the women that I see, there are, some, there are some things that I see that are very common for women who really struggle with overeating and emotional eating. Now, I don't like to put a label on it, but there are some things that if a woman's not taught in her younger years, that will affect her ability to manage what she eats because the stress in the body that is caused by looking after everybody else and not knowing how to regulate her own emotions, not not taught at a young age how to set boundaries or to be boundaried. There are this, this women by nature are the nurturers of the family. But as a little girl, I don't know about you, but I really wasn't sat down at four years old and taught, you know, this is how you set boundaries. This is how you say no. Um, it's okay to feel your anger, and this is an appropriate way to feel your anger. It's okay to feel sad, and this is an okay way to feel sad. Instead, many of us were taught to just put a lid on it. You know, put a lid on your anger. Young ladies, don't get angry. Put a lid on your sadness. It's it's not okay to be sad. And in so doing, something's got to give. And I know that for me, the easiest way to stuff my emotions was to eat. And this isn't a love of food. It is a way of using food to not feel those emotions that I'm not allowed to feel because I wasn't taught that it was okay. So that that puts so much stress on the body. And it's because of that, that stress and that inability, that fear of actually just allowing our emotions flow through us that causes us to kind of use food in an addictive way. Does that make sense? So you mean my love affair with chocolate might not just be about the chocolate? (laughs) (laughs) Is that, is that what I'm meant to understand? (laughs) But having a chocolate bar once in a while or a couple of pieces of chocolate <laughs> no. and eating a super massive chocolate bar every night is a different different story, right? Oh, <laughs> and I'm only half joking. <laughs> so, I love chocolate. Um, no, I mean, but, you know, it's, it's, it bear, it's, I think I was thinking about that and, and also realizing that, you know, yes, of course, I, I eat when I'm stressed. For sure I do. And then... Yeah. 
hearing you talk about this loop where you're eating because you're stressed, then these certain foods will tend to be the ones that will throw our hormones out of balance even more. And then the hormones out of balance and the cortisol gets involved and that amplifies the stress. And it's like you're in this total self-fulfilling prophecy loop Yeah, that is not going the direction that you ultimately want it to go. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I usually start off when I work with somebody and I say these words to them and I say, when you start to feel frantic, because some people can't really even tell me what they're feeling. They just feel frantic. I tell them to ask themselves, what is one thing that I can do today to look after myself? Plain and simple, but it can make a huge impact, especially for people who don't know how to do that. That's beautiful. Mm -hmm. And thank you for sharing that. Mm -hmm. Um, So Kelly, if somebody was listening to us here today, and even if uh, any of the gentlemen have, have stayed the course with us, if, if they were feeling that something was up and needed looking into, or if somebody thought that something might be up with their, their mother or their, their wife or their partner's, um, health, what, but they don't really know what to say because they're probably imagine quite terrified of being, of, of being accused of noticing maybe there's some weight gain or it's very sensitive territory. It's extremely for a lot of us. Yeah. What, what can you, what would you suggest if somebody was listening and first of all, saw it for themselves or for somebody that they, they love and, you know, what would be a, a way to approach the subject? It's a really tricky topic for sure, especially for a partner to approach another partner, um, regardless of the sex. So the first thing, if, if somebody knows that there's something wrong going on in their body, absolutely contact me directly. And it's very easy to go to my website and click on, you know, free discovery session. So that's the first thing. But if you First of all, if you have a partner who is complaining about specific things, a partner does not want to be fixed. So the words that you don't use is, you should X, Y, Z, or I think you should X, Y, Z. I think that the gentlest way possible is to Say, listen, you know, I was listening to this woman on a podcast and um, I think you might really enjoy it and either send them the podcast or if you go to my website and sometimes it's easier to approach a woman's other symptoms like, you know, honey, you've been talking about waking up early in the morning and not getting enough sleep. I know this woman who addresses sleep issues And then you can actually send them a video from um, my website. And sometimes women will be more open to talking about that than weight gain. It's really important for the, the men that are listening that, you know, it isn't calories in, calories out for a woman. It's not as easy as going to the gym an extra two times a week to lose hormone, uh, hormone weight. So it is, I know you guys, it's pretty easy for you guys to start working out a little more and the weight just goes away. A woman's body is totally different than yours. So I would say listen for symptoms that your partner's talking about. 
You can even contact me directly and say, mm, do you have an article on this symptom? And I'd be more than happy to uh, send you an article or a video, or again, just send them this podcast so they get to know who I am because they're not going to want to go and see somebody that they don't know. And that sounds actually like a perfect way to, uh, to wrap up. Kelly, if someone wanted to find you online, can you please share your company name? Or I should say Nutrigal. Can you please tell us about your company and your website? Yeah, absolutely. So my company name is Nutrigal. Uh, Nutri as in nutrition and gal as in me. I'm a gal. Um, the website's Nutrigal.ca. Well, Kelly Greer, you have a ton of excellent resources on your website. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us here today to talk about these somewhat uncomfortable and intimate challenges that quite frankly, when you were talking about the whole looking for quick results, they were reminding me of a lot of my conversations with entrepreneurs about business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just want to take this opportunity to thank you for illustrating so eloquently that it's really about the journey and that you know, implementing consistent, well thought out solutions works and it works in every area of our life. If you want more information about women's hormonal health, I've included links in the show notes to Kelly's website and a direct link to her free ebook, Five Major Hormone Fixes for Successful Weight Loss. Thank you so much, Laura. It was, um, it was awesome talking to you today. Oh, my pleasure. So this is Laura Tucker and Kelly Greer, aka Nutrigal, signing off for Free Your Inner Guru. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I know you have a lot of choice where you receive your inspiration and information. If these ideas and stories resonate with you, I would be so grateful if you would take a few extra seconds for two quick things. One, if there's an idea or moment in the story or conversation that you feel would make a difference in someone else's life, take a quick moment to share on whatever app or website you're listening on. And two, subscribe so that you can become part of the ongoing conversation. Big conversations become the catalyst for meaningful change. I'm Laura Tucker, signing off for Free Your Inner Guru.